I'm going to do computer. Okay. Good evening. Welcome to True Crime Broads. This is Crystal. And Renee. And thank you so much for joining us tonight. Renee, what have you been up to? Oh my gosh, I've been working um, all week and I'm so excited to, I'm excited to be home today because, you know, sometimes traveling is really exhausting. Oh, I know. Um, it's so great that you get to travel for work though. I think so many of us are stir crazy. That must have felt great to get out. It really did. The, the bad part is, is that like, okay, so one of the things that I love about traveling is you get to go to the hotels and I always pick the ones with the indoor pools. I don't have to worry about getting sunburned, you know, and I get to go in there and just relax. And most of the time, it's just me, honestly. There's hardly ever anybody in there. Right. You know, during the day. And um, well, bad news, can't do that because they're closed still. So that was not fun. And then um, I was kind of bummed about that because I was like, well, I guess I could have picked a different one than if I was going to, you know, because I didn't know at what point they were going to release people to be able to go swim again. <laughs> and it's crazy because you, you walk up to the counter and they have tables in front of the counter so you can't get too close. <laughs> Uh, yes, they do that at Alfredo's. Alfredo's, by the way, is amazing in Dallas. But yeah, they did that at Alfredo's the other day. And I'm not laughing at the, at the you know, coronavirus or anything like that. I get it serious. But it's just, it gets kind of comical at some point because it, this is the part to me that gets comical. So I can't get close to the counter and I can't, you know, you got to stand this little line. And then, and then the lady says, well, you know, what's your name and your reservation and everything. And then I have to hand her my card that I've touched. So it just, exactly. It's the whole purpose, but I'm just like, whatever. And then whenever you get done, when you check out, you have to put your, um, your, your key card in this little cup. And, um, and I was bad and didn't read the little lay, you know, the little thing. Cause I, you know, I was just thinking it was common sense. Just put it in there. And he looked at me and he said, you didn't take it out of the little sleeve. <laughs> I was <That's> like, funny. <laughs> am I like in big trouble or is the police coming? Or <laughs> Yeah, you're so busted. Well, I, I was at Alfredo's the other day, which is an amazing restaurant. I know I just plugged it a minute ago, but it's at Trendy Mills and Midway, if you're local to the Dallas area. It's right on the edge of Carrollton and Dallas. It's off the tollway in Trendy Mills. Anyway. They have fantastic food. They've been there since 1984. I've been going there forever. And they had a table, you know, between the, the counter and standing out there. They didn't have it before, but I guess they finally just decided to put it there because people were getting close. But then right. when it was time for me to pay, I just looked over at the guy to my left behind the counter. He goes, no, it's okay. You can go around the table to pay. So I got permission <laughs> to go around the table so I could pay. It's just kind of funny. It's like what you said. It's like, well... The table's there, to, and it's kept me behind the table, but when it was time to pay, I had to scoot around and pay. It was just kind of funny. It's pretty much what you're saying. It's like, hmm. I know. I went to H-E-B, and I mean, like I said, I do, I get it, but I don't understand why people don't understand how some of it's kind of ridiculous, uh -huh. and this is what I mean. Like, I went to, the, you know, um, H-E-B, and they have all this plastic, you know, um, pieces that, you know, keep you from getting close to the person or coughing on them, whatever. And so I'm standing there like I always do. Well, I always kind of go up so that I'm even with the um, keypad, you know, to put my debit card in. Yeah. And the, and the person behind the counter goes, oh, no, no, you got to go back over here. And I'm like, okay, I can't even <laughs> see the screen to see what you're scanning, but okay. So <laughs> back. And, and I have to stay away from the person that's bagging, apparently. So they're bagging. 
and then I get done and the person goes, okay, you can pay now. And I said, so I can walk up. Like it's, it wasn't okay for me to walk up while I go, but now all of a sudden it's okay. I know, exactly. <laughs> I'm just so confused. I'm like, whatever, this is ridiculous. I know. And, and you know what's really funny is the stores that close like an hour early, like the Dollar Tree closes at seven now instead of eight or something. No, it's eight instead of nine. And I'm thinking like, I mean, do they think that like all the people with COVID-19 are going to come like at that last hour they're open? So they have I to know, close. I know. I don't really understand that either. It's very strange. I, I think it's I, probably, I mean, after thinking about it for a while, I think it's probably just reduced workforce. You know, like they've laid people off or have fewer people working fewer hours, but it just cracked yeah. me up. I was like, wow, I guess they think everyone who's contagious is going to come the last <laughs> hour. Well, um, I, I called um, earlier to order food because um, Keith was headed home. And um, I called this place and it said they closed at nine and it was 826. And I thought, well, it usually only takes like 10 minutes to get food. So I should be fine. So I called and they answered the phone and they said, thank you for calling. We're closed. And they hung up in my ear. Oh <laughs> yeah, I talked to you right after that. That was okay. I thought that was <laughs> this lady goes, well, they probably didn't want you calling back. So they just went ahead and answered it. And I said, but they didn't have to hang up on me. I know, right? <laughs> Everyone's just sort of tripping right now on the coronavirus. And of course, rightfully so, we've had people die. But at the same time, I'm like you, some of these rules are just kind of weird. Oh, and I'll tell one more story before we get into Missy Beavers. I was getting, and if I told this on another podcast, I'm sorry. I don't remember if I talked to you, other people, or if I said on a podcast, but hopefully I haven't said this before, but we were at Freebirds. I was at Freebirds picking up food. This was like before the lockdown, but right before, like when it was starting uh-huh. and they were trying to limit the number of people in there, but it wasn't in full swing yet. This is back in March. And right. anyway, so I'm in line and I was like, yes, I would like, um, you know, cilantro rice and black beans and you know how you go down the line right? and make your burrito bowl or whatever. And so the lady had on gloves and I didn't think much of it. I'm like, yeah, that's cool. And then we get to the end of the line and she pauses and she starts digging in her eye with her gloved finger. I mean, oh, her, oh her, I mean, it made contact with her eyeball. And that was right after everybody in the news had been like, don't touch your face, don't touch your eyes, you know? <laughs> and so I'm like, oh, wow, she's touching her eyeball so much for the gloves. And then, um, and then she went down and then she handled the, I, I paid. And so she took my debit card with her gloves on and she did the cash register <clears throat> And then I said, oh, can I get some salsa? And so she goes down and makes the salsa. She has the same gloves on the whole time. And I guarantee you, after I left, she just did the next customer's food with those gloves on. My point being is that there's cross-contamination on the gloves. I would almost rather people just that work in grocery stores and stuff just to have their bare hands because at least you're more apt to wash your hands. I mean, these gloves probably don't get washed. They probably throw them, you know, they put them away at the end of the day. I don't know what happens, but you know what I mean? It was like, exactly. when, I started, when yeah. I started digging in her eye with her gloved finger, I no longer felt safe, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're like, okay, well that's gross. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she was just treating it like it was her hand, but okay. All right. Missy Beaver's case. Um, something that I wanted to discuss was, um, you know, we've had so many, so many cryptic messages that came out of Midlothian police toward the beginning. And we haven't heard anything from them lately. So now I've been going back and looking at these messages from them again that they were sending through the media. And, you know, all we have is basically we're all just reading tea leaves because MPD has made it clear they weren't going to tell us much. 
and boy, howdy, they, they made, you know, they made good on that. They have not told us much. Right. And so I found this article from the three year anniversary in the Dallas morning news. Now you and I both noticed, and I'm sure our listeners noticed who've been following this case, they did not do anything for the fourth anniversary of Mitzi's murder, which was really, really sad. Um, we were all looking for it and I realized COVID-19 is going on, but come on, they could have given her a shout out at least locally. Right. Um, but there I was agree. nothing, there was nothing. But anyway, this article was at last year at the three year anniversary. So this is a year ago. And they said it, the high, the, actually the headline says three years after Missy Beaver's slaying police are still searching for quote, the one piece of evidence that we're missing, end quote. Now, when they say we're looking for the one piece of evidence that we're missing, that implies that they have other evidence, but it's not enough. And that really hit home with me because there's been so much debate about, do they even have any evidence on anyone? Do they even have a suspect? I mean, some people are getting frustrated and starting to wonder if they even have anyone in mind at this point and they pretend like they don't but i think that you know if these if my tea leave reading is accurate it may not be but that kind of sounds like they're saying we just need something a little that we're missing just and they said the one piece that we're missing and that was right. Captain Spann that said that. That was a direct quote of his in the body. Midlothian um, Police Captain John Spann said the department believes there's someone out there who has the key to cracking the case. He urged anyone with information to send in a tip, even information that might seem minute. It may be the one piece of evidence that we're missing. So I, I just, I'm hoping and that means that They've got a pile of evidence, but it's either weak circumstantial or they just need that one piece that ties it all together and puts the person in the church. Um, that's just kind of what I was thinking. You know, the thing that, that comes to my mind um, immediately um, in regards to the, um, the bit that you just read is, you know, if, if they think that there's just one bit of information that somebody has and that they need them to come forward why don't they do a press conference why don't they do another you know why yeah. don't they do another and plead to the public again because in everybody's eyes it feels like and like i said we know that there's all this going on with coronavirus but i still think they could have taken a little bit of their time to you know do another one and and actually say look we really need y'all's help because the less we hear from them, the more everyone thinks that this is just a cold case and it's not ever going to be solved because they don't have a clue. Right. No, I agree 100%. I think that they need to have a press conference because how the heck else do you get people to come forward? They're not going to do it by osmosis. They're not going to read their minds. Not everyone is looking at this news story from a year ago. Not everyone looks at any news stories. I mean, get on TV and talk, you know? Um, right. we're, we're making a conscious effort to research this case. I doubt that someone who might have have some piece of evidence is doing that. You know, they may not even have yeah. thought about the case that much. So yeah, I agree. It's time to get on the news again. I don't know why they're not doing that. Do you have any thoughts on what, do you think it's possible MPD has stopped talking to the public because it stirs up the crazy people and they start pestering them? Do you think that might be it? 
I mean, it's possible, but you know, in my mind, um, that <coughs> that is going to be um, make it harder for them to solve the case if they just, you know what I mean? In my mind, mm -hmm. I, I say harder. I mean, they're sitting, literally sitting here saying they need some, they need that one piece of information, but then they don't talk. So that's kind of like a double negative. You know what I'm saying? Well, yeah, it's, yeah. It's it's super. It's, <laughs> let, let me let me backtrack. It's very weak <laughs> if that's yeah. you know if that's not why they're talking. It's very weird, and, and, and you know, I've seen the, the same article you're talking, well, was, uh, the same wording a little bit, but a different article, and this one says um, pretty much everything you just said, but at the end of it, it says, we believe that somebody who has not yet come forward may have that vital piece of information that to the state unknowingly is being withheld, and I'm kind of confused on that unknowingly so if they don't know that they have the information that they need then they're gonna have to go get it <laughs> you know yeah you know what i'm saying because if you don't if you know you have the information and you're not telling people then that's one thing but if you don't know that you have the information that they need then you're gonna have to go get it from them yeah you know that's, that's kind of weird, the way they it, worded it i know and 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 also you know back to what i was thinking earlier is if what they mean is they just need that one piece of evidence, but they have other evidence, right? Why are they asking the public? Why don't you go ask the perpetrator? Like right? interview them, put the screws to them. I mean, don't you love those old cop shows? Or hey, you know what? Forget the old cop shows. How about that footage of Christopher Watts being interrogated? I wish those oh, people yeah. from Colorado Bureau of Investigation could come down here and talk to whoever they have in mind. They were really good. Um, yeah, and those and those. Um, uh, what is it that the cameras that yeah. they wore? Oh yeah, the body cameras. Yeah. Well, I'm talking. I'm talking about in the interrogation room. Uh, they had a camera. Oh, yeah. yeah. That was okay, yeah. really. Yeah, that was really good. And um, but here's the problem. Chris Watts was stupid. Um, <laughs> he was an amateur. He had never murdered before, and he was not the sharpest knife in the drawer. But I really think that whoever killed Missy was on the smarter side as far as horrible people go. And I think that they probably are a little too slick for anything like that. And that's probably why. Yeah, I think that his planning was a lot, um, uh, you know, less involved. I think he, I think he thought, you know, quickly, let me just plan this out and do it. And I don't think he really thought it really, obviously he didn't think it very through because it really didn't work out for him. But I think this person that killed Missy, I think they gave a little more thought to this or actually a little more, a lot more thought to this. Oh yeah. And planned it down, planned it. Oh, you know what I'm saying? Very, very methodical, very methodical. And even though they did leave a lot of it to chance, you know, we talked about that on a previous podcast. I think a lot of it was luck. But a lot of it was planning, um, and uh, I think this person has, um, I think my personal opinion is a little different than yours. I think they've probably attacked people before, and they kind of knew what they were doing, and they know how to not leave evidence behind, which that's the general right. sort of ding-dong Chris Watts. Um, but anyway, um, so yeah, I, that was just really kind of the main thing I wanted to discuss was I was kind of reading the tea leaves there, and um, so... Did you want to talk about your thing and then I'll talk about my other thing? Sure. Okay. Okay, so um, 
I was kind of doing some research because I, I often go back to, I say this and I think every podcast, I was doing some research or some Googling. <laughs> and because um, um, I often go back to that, the uh, creepy and strange message that Missy received three days prior to her murder. Um, and so I kind of wondered, I was like, well, why didn't anything ever come of that? Because, you know, they did the whole tower dump and then they did the geofencing warrant where they were um, trying to get specific information um, yeah. about, you know, the messages and the killer and the phone, you know, pinging from different towers and all that stuff. Anyway, as we know, nothing ever came of that to our knowledge because obviously nobody's been arrested. So I kind of was looking around and trying to see, um, you know, like, can police get information from messages in different social media? And if they can, um, is it possible that it, that it can be erased? So first I want to ask you this question, if you can look. Okay, so earlier I sent you a message on LinkedIn. Yeah. Can you look at your LinkedIn while we're, while we're talking? Yeah, and I was wondering why you did that. I just thought you were just seeing if it worked. Um, I didn't realize you're doing a little experiment for a podcast when you called yeah, me. But yeah, just, yeah. I'm in LinkedIn. To, okay, so go to your LinkedIn and then um, so the, I messaged you and then you replied. We said hello or whatever. And then so what I did was I deleted it. So I want to see if you can see the message still. Yes. Um, and I knew that before even telling you that because I read that once because um I was wondering that because I had replied on the wrong message on LinkedIn before and mm -hmm. I quickly erased it. But then I read and it said, when you delete on LinkedIn, you're only deleting your side, not their side. And that's so, what I figured. Yeah. And you know, what's interesting too is I'm sorry to butt in right now, but I just wanted to mention this before I forget and then we'll get back on your thing. But mm -hmm. you know, the, you know, the search warrant for the LinkedIn messages between, um, the, um, MMA fighter slash recruiter and uh -huh. uh, Missy. Uh -huh. um, what's interesting that pops into my mind is they both must have erased because remember they said that all the messages were deleted and they were uh -huh. looking at, they were looking at Missy's and his um, records. So okay. you know that proves that they both actively were deleting if, if they were completely gone. Okay. Okay. So, Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> that's okay. Well, I mean, then that's kind of what I was wanting to. So I could get it in my mind, like how it works. So if I deleted my messages, but you didn't delete yours, hang on, let me go to where I messaged you. I'm not really very familiar with um, LinkedIn. So let me see if I can go to our messages. I just want to see what I see. Okay, so now it looks totally blank for me. So I, I just kind of wondered, I was like, I wonder so if the police obviously can't look at the perpetrator side, they can only look at Missy's side, Unless, unless they have the search warrant, yeah, um, you know, and they look in the perpetrator's LinkedIn. That's an excellent point, though. But I would assume that whoever sent her those anonymous LinkedIn messages before her death, if they went to the trouble of setting up a fake fake account, which it kind of sounds like they did, I would yeah. think that surely they would have deleted it afterwards. You know, right? So that that kind of just um, led me on the the trail of looking to see. Um, like how that works. And sometimes it's hard to get, you know, accurate information, but I found this, this um, article um, and it's on a Vox website. I don't really know what Vox is. Apparently it's some type of uh, technical 
info or whatever. But anyway, so they start talking about um, social media and messaging and so forth. So it talks about encrypted messages. It says, how encrypted is your messaging app? If your messages are sent without end-to-end encryption, the content could be access, accessible to advertisers, I don't know why I can't talk, law enforcement or hackers. So it lists the ones that it has like a, and I can put a screenshot because it puts the, the little part that I'm reading like in a picture. Yeah. You know, message. And so I can, we can share that on our pages and stuff. But um, okay. it, so it has like two circles and it says not end to end. And these are the ones that law enforcement can have access to. Instagram, Hangouts, Kick, Twitter, Skype, and Snapchat. So cool. those are definite ones that if you send messages, uh, law enforcement can get in there and, you know, read them, whatever. No matter, if, I guess, if they're deleted or not. But then optional end-to-end would be Facebook Messenger, Allo, which I've never heard of, Telegram, which Telegram looks similar to Instagram, so I don't know if that's what that is. But it has the same little icon. Oh, and, really? Uh, and then Line. But I, they've already talked about Instagram, so maybe it's just a coincidence. And then Line, and I don't know what Line is at all. And then the ones that are end-to-end that no one but you and the person you're talking to has access to your messages is WhatsApp, iMessage, oh. Signal, confide and dust never heard of dust don't know what that is and i've never heard of confide either but it didn't mention linkedin but from what i could tell linkedin is not end to end so police should be able to see it but then again like i said i was just wanting to do that little experiment just so i could kind of understand it so i deleted my part but you can still see your part so if the person deleted theirs then they could still see it on Missy's end unless she deleted hers. So yeah, I'm I'm looking at yours right now and it looks exactly like it did right after like you sent it. Yeah, that's so kind of what I figured because that's which I don't really understand the point. So if I'm messaging you and I go, "Oops, I sent her a message that I really meant for this other person," and I delete it, but you can still see it, then what's the point of the deletion? I don't understand. That. I know, isn't that weird? It's almost like they're saying, "Here's a delete button in case you're flirting with someone and you don't want your spouse to find it." I mean, what well, else yeah. is it for? You know, I guess maybe. Only, well, yeah. maybe you only get a certain amount of data or something, and you have to delete or something. Yeah, that would be the only thing that I guess it would be good for because I'm sitting here going, okay, so they still seen it. So it's now, now they do have a, a feature in Facebook Messenger now that you can delete it and it says, you know, Renee deleted uh, a picture or Renee deleted a message or a whatever. And so, and then now you're going, well, what did you delete? <laughs> you yeah, know? exactly. Well, what's so, what's so funny too is I keep getting these messages from them um, saying one, okay, I've got one right now that came in three minutes ago. It says one person viewed your profile, stay anonymous and see who's viewed your profile with the premier, um, subscription. And it says try premiere for one month. So I clicked on it. It's $60 a month. Like, I don't care that much you know, who was looking oh at my, my I mean, it's mildly interesting, but I'm not, it's not worth $60 a month. Yo. I mean, Oh no. I mean, y'all, I said, yo, um, but <laughs> I don't know why yo. I meant to say y'all. Hey, you. But anyway, yeah, so that was weird. And I just thought that was kind of funny. I guess somebody looked at my thing. They were probably like, whoops, wrong one. I don't need to know who it was. But that's um, weird. I know it is I so weird. I just think that interest is there. You know, like, 
Because they used to do that with Facebook. They used to have something that you could click on and, and go see who viewed your profile. But the thing is, is that I think it was, I don't think it was really real, so. Oh, hey, were you ever, um, were you ever on classmates.com? Yes. I was a super long time ago and they still email me because I'm too dumb to unsubscribe, I guess. But every once in a while, I'll get an email that says someone just um, looked at your uh, account or someone from your class just posted a picture. Do you want to see who it is? You got to, you know, you have to pay monthly. I think right. I did pay like nine ninety nine a month for that at the very beginning, but that was before Facebook and you know, when everybody, I mean, not before Facebook, but before people I knew were on it. I think right. I got on, I think like 2008 is when I became aware of Facebook, but anyway, it was before that even. Yeah, that's you know, it's cool. weird because I found out about Facebook because I got an email and I don't know who the email was from. It wasn't from like a, it wasn't from like a friend or anything. It was just an email and I clicked on it and I was like, what is this? Anyway, I just thought that was interesting that that's how I got on. And I thought that it was something that everybody knew about and, and I didn't, but I kind of got on right around the same time everybody else did. So I guess they did good with their email. Their, yeah, um, it's kind of funny how everyone popped on at about the same time. Yeah, they must have just did like a huge mass email to everyone who who has an email. <laughs> you right, know? right. But anyway. Okay, so did you want to say anything more about that before we move yeah, on? Yeah, no, that's that's all. I wish I had more more information. I mean, I just no, that was a lot. That was really good. In case anybody has more information, it was just cool to to under kind of understand something I didn't know before. So I, I don't know if um, it was just, I mean, I'm sure the person that sent it deleted their part and then, you know, maybe with all they could see on, on you know, Missy's end, it wasn't obviously helpful enough to figure it out. So, yeah, that's, that's interesting. Um, thanks for sharing all that. You did some really good research there. I didn't know any of that. Um, so, okay. So this is interesting earlier. I was talking about the podcast and my husband said, I have something for you guys to discuss. And I was like, Oh really? Cause you know, he was bugging me earlier. Remember all that. So yeah, I was like, <laughs> I was like, mm. I was like, okay, what? And so he's, he had uh, my for the <laughs> podcast and he said, um, this is actually really interesting. I was like, okay, I'll put that on the podcast. Um, he said about the SWAT outfit that we've all talked about so much. We even had an episode on the SWAT outfit. Um, he was just making the observation that, um, okay, if the perpetrator is a female, um, the, the outfit, costume, uniform, whatever you want to call it, is more likely to belong to someone else not saying it's not possible because obviously there's women on SWAT teams, but what he was saying is the probability that that outfit was borrowed goes up. If it's a female males are more likely to own tactical gear just as a group. Um, so he was just saying that if it's a female perpetrator, it's more likely than if it's a male that somebody else is aware of it um, or at least knows that someone, you know, borrowed some tactical gear. Yeah. Whereas if it's a male, it's 
less likely that there was borrowing going on because men have all kinds of gadgets and stuff that normally women don't accumulate. There's always the exception, of course, I say that every time, but just speaking broadly and generally. And um, he brought up the point, which is one of my favorites too, of Oakham's razor. Um, and I'm sure our listeners are familiar with Oakham's razor. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing it right. It might be Occam's razor, Oakham's razor. It's, um, it's a problem solving principle that states that um, the, le- the fewer assumptions that you have to make will get you closer to the answer. Um, another way of putting it, I remember I had a college professor just basically describe it. He said that um, the simplest route to the truth is usually the route. So, um, and then um, it's, um, that's just a concept in philosophy and it gets used um, in science and um, all kinds of things, but in in all kinds of problem solving. But he was saying things like, if the perpetrator, you know, and basically he was just coming from the angle of more than likely a male would own that stuff than a female. So the probability, not absolutes here, but probability that another human being is aware of maybe not necessarily the murder, but aware that, oh yeah, you know, Victoria, you know, asked if she could use my tactical stuff, you know, and it was around that date, you know, (laughs) right. right. If it's a guy, he might have that kind of stuff on him. Now this is all probabilities and stuff. I thought it was interesting enough to bring up, uh, my husband, um, he's good at stuff like that and just sort of logical reasoning things. He did really well on the LSAT, which is the law school entrance exam. He did really well on those logical reasoning um, questions and those gave me fits. So when he gets, when he does logical reasoning, I'm always like, okay, I'm going to have to listen. Um, But yeah, so that just sort of, um, I thought it was worth bringing up. It's, it's not an answer by any stretch, but I'm, I've always been a big fan of Oakham's razor. Um, I thought I would just share that idea. I agree. You know, you've mentioned a lot of things um, through the years. It's funny to say through the years, but (laughs) you mentioned a lot of things through the years that he said, and I found uh, most of them are probably close to all of them interesting and insightful. So I agree with you on that. Um, And I think the problem solving principle is absolutely um, very accurate because, you know, people tend to, especially after a lot of time passes, people start taking all these weird routes of, you know, well, maybe this happened, or maybe this happened. Yeah. And I think closer to what was more than likely the case in the beginning. Um, and then speaking of that, uh, the gear, I think that, I think he's right about that because, um, I mean, and like, obviously it could be a man and they could have borrowed it, but, or, um, they could have just put stuff together to make it appear as though it was gear, you know, right. a police gear. Uh, because in the article that um, they wrote in WFAA, which I believe is, I could be wrong about this. I get the channels confused because oh, it is, it's channel eight. Never mind. Yeah. But anyway, they said um, that analysis estimated the height of the person from the top of the headwear to be about five foot eight, police said. As for the gear, police aren't sure if it was authentic. So 
I feel like that that's pretty accurate because I think that they may have just put together a, a, something that appeared from a distance to look like police gear, but it's not actual police gear. So I am so glad you brought that up. That was something else I wanted to talk about that police have said. Um, one time, um, Kevin Johnson, I believe it was early on, they made the state. Tim brought this up lately, our old buddy Tim. He brought this up fairly recently in one of the groups. Oh, no, wait. I think he said it on um, Armchair Detective when he was a guest on there. Remember when he was an impromptu guest on there that night? Yes. Um, I think that's where he said this. I've heard him say it a couple times. But anyway, um, MPD said, someone at MPD said, it looks like fake cop gear, like something you would see on a on a really bad TV show. I need to find the quote and I should have done it before we came on the air, but I didn't remember it until right now. But they sort of made fun of the gear. Um, MPD said something like, oh, it's like something you might see on a cop show. And I really remember at the time, and then when Tim repeated it, that sounds like the police taunting the perpetrator, which they really haven't done much of. Like we see the police taunting um, the Delphi murderer, you know, in press conferences, and you see that uh, in cases, but NPD's been pretty, pretty mellow in that regard, mm -hmm. and, um, I just feel like they were taking a shot at the perpetrator, because it's very possible that was real police gear, um, maybe vintage police gear, but I felt like that was a shot at the perpetrator, and it, it just stuck out to me. It may not be, they might have meant it, but I kind of felt like it was a, it was ridicule. Perhaps. Well, I found an article um, about a little bit about it, and it looks like they are talking about um, they're talking about uh, how it what it takes to get authentic cop gear and so forth, and they have strict policies on selling to the public. They wouldn't be able to buy anything in the store without you know some type of police um, credentials, that kind of thing. Yeah. And then they talk about code blue is in the business of selling. Now they could have done that just to promote that business. I don't know, but anyway, they talk about that. Um, so, but I mean, you know, I don't know. I, yeah. I, don't, I don't see anything in that picture, but this is just me. You know, I, I do not have a problem with, because I know that, um, and we can talk about that in a minute about our, um, uh, I'm sorry, I, I got at a, a loss for what I what I was trying to say okay. about about us discrediting or whatever you want to call it, um, other theories and things like that. But I, I have said many times, and I think you have too, that we're just giving our opinions, but we absolutely know without a shadow of a doubt that there's a possibility that we're both completely 100% wrong. So, and we always are open to that. We don't care as long as the perpetrator is caught. But, you know, but when I look at the, the perpetrator in the video, which I've probably seen a thousand times, I don't see anything authentic about it. And, you know, my, my mother-in-law and father-in-law owned a business and I worked for a t-shirt business many years ago. And now if somebody was to walk in and say, I need you to put police on the back of this jacket, I never asked for anything. I mean, we were just a small business. Mm -hmm. And so if they asked me to put police on it, I would have went over there and cut out the letters police and he pressed it on there without a question I wouldn't have said well let me see your badge I didn't know any better you know but but if a murder took place I don't see the perpetrator doing that just prior to the murder because that would just well, no. right to them you know 
So yeah, it's kind of interesting. I don't know. I mean, I kind of feel like it, pro you know, in that HLN show that John Bueller said it looked like tactical, he's a retired investigator, police a cop mm -hmm. himself. He said it looked like um, vintage SWAT gear. So who knows? Um, I think, I think everything's wide open, especially those of us. I think that whoever, um, you know, over at Tarrant County DA's office where they have that high tech stuff, I, I think they know exactly if that's real SWAT gear or not. I mean, you know how those are, those video, um, sorry, I'm at a loss for words too tonight. The, um, <laughs> the high tech lab that can look in the videos and enhance, enhance, that's the word I was looking for. Yeah. Can enhance video. See, we're looking at a dark, probably pretty low quality um, church surveillance camera because they did replace all the cameras not long after the murder so I have to imagine they were on their way out so they're probably not top of the line or at least not brand new and um, you know I just I don't know if we even know what we're seeing it was pitch dark in there and in that church and I guess the only light we're seeing is probably coming off of the camera itself that's illuminating when the perp walks by because they're um, they're the motion detecting, you know, they turn on when they detect motion. So it's really interesting. I hope one day we get the answers to these questions because I sure would like to know because a lot of us, we don't know what we're seeing. It's like, what's that white box that they're holding, that he's holding, you know, the that box, it drives me crazy. Drives I, have looked everybody at, crazy. <laughs> I have looked at that thing a thousand times and I still see the same thing that I've always said, but I'm sure people probably think I'm crazy. What do you think it is? Um, I don't remember. I've always said that I think it looks to me like, do you know those, I used to work in an office when I was younger. Not that that takes you to work in an office to know this, but anyway, you know the um, three hole punches, they're kind of heavy. Yeah. Uh, and they're, they're, you can get small ones, you can get weird shaped ones, but this one is just a long one. And like I said, they're kind of heavy. If you, if you were to drop it on your foot, it would probably bruise your foot. Anyway, and so it has three hole punch and it's probably about the size of a ruler. Well, it's actually the size of a piece of paper, so it's about 12 inches. But anyway, so um, that's what it looks like to me because it looks like their hand is inside of a open area. And you know how those things have that area where you put the paper. Right. That, yeah, you know, totally could be. I mean, it, he could have picked it up somewhere in the church. Um, yeah, just for something heavy to break, that's what I was thinking. I don't know. You know, maybe they're like, well, let me grab this because it's heavy. And if I need to break a window, it'll do it because it would. I think that that thing would definitely break a, a car window or, you know, I could be wrong, but it looks pretty heavy. So I don't know. It's just what I... <laughs> but other than that I'm, I'm still at a loss if that's not what it is I have my and and my guess is um definitely not better than yours I was thinking that it looked like a knife box um that a knife comes in because they mm -hmm. have like in white white boxes now why the perpetrator would have it in a box and be waiting for her and then pull it out of the box I don't know um it seems like that wouldn't be the case but it's just such a mystery whatever that box is um, and you know, did the perpetrator bring it? Did he or she get it from the church? We, those are just questions that we do not know the answer to. Right. Um, so yeah, it's all, you know, we've said it a million times. We know a lot less about this case than we do know. I mean, there's less that we, what we know, uh, we don't know that much about this case. 
Right. And I don't know how I'm trying to word it. Good gosh, we're gonna have to start recording earlier in the evening. I'm sure my daughter's <laughs> gonna tell me why we couldn't form words today because she's always telling me things like, oh, well, the moon was in retrograde or That's the right. blah, blah, blah. And I'm not making fun of her. It's funny because every time she usually tells me that, she's kind of right on target with it. So it kind of it kind of makes me laugh because the other day it seemed like everybody was in this really irritated mood. And she said, and I don't remember, it's either the moon is in retrograde or um, something was in something. <laughs> it was just funny. So maybe there, there's some explanation why we can't form words today. <laughs> uh, there's got to be an explanation. I hope there is. We'll just blame it on whatever it is. Yeah, well, my son, whenever I get mixed up like that, he goes, are you having a stroke? It's like, <laughs> so rude and, and not true, I hope. Right. Um, that's the same kid that goes, okay, boomer, when I do something that's, um, you know. Kids are so funny. They are really good at I know, making... that, that okay, boomer thing, though, it's so funny. Another friend of mine has a son that says that, and it really triggers you because it's like, first of all, I'm too young to be a bo baby boomer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm Generation X. So, um, anyway. Um, that's funny. Okay, so... <laughs> What else were we going to talk about? Let's see. Um, let me think. Let's see. I just I, opened Facebook to a really super lovey-dovey couple. And isn't it funny how on Facebook, all those like lovey-dovey couples and oh, my everything. And then like, those are the ones that are like getting divorced in like a month or two. <laughs> right. I know. I just opened to one. That's so funny. Or the ones that... Um, I mean, it, they're all saying that, you know, they post, um, how happy their lives, are, you know, kind of like what you just said, they post how happy their lives are and how everything's so wonderful and great. And it's usually just the opposite, <laughs> unfortunately. Oh goodness. You got to love crazy. social media. I have a I love, know. I have a love hate relationship with it. I'm sure it's, a lot of it's it easy to sit behind there and, you know, I don't, I don't know why you would want to make it look like something it is, but it, or isn't, but anyway, but yeah. Um, so I looked at that, that article. And then, um, what was the other thing? Oh, we had a couple questions on our Facebook page. Oh yeah, um, that, was a, that was a really nice lady. Yeah, let me see if I can find it real quick. Maybe there's a couple of them, so maybe we can, maybe we can look at those. Sometimes we forget that. Um, Who us? Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. we, never <laughs> we, we talk about hey let's talk about this on the podcast and then like two hours later like what did we say we were gonna talk about <laughs> yeah, we have no idea so funny and both of us do that so i have this my my office is now in my uh my garage where this wall is and and i so i can tack things on the wall so i'm gonna have to start tacking reminders on the wall so i can remember really good idea yeah you know my son asked for a voice recorder thing to talk into Oh, there we go. I was like, now that's a really good idea. Maybe I should get one. That's funny. Okay, so this person said, mm, hang on, let me see. It's a, it's a long message. I think me and you both were back and forth. They were, oh, they were talking about the breaking of the glass. Oh, yes, Remember? yes, yes, yes. Okay, and I never got around. I got busy, and I think you did too with real yeah. life, and we never we didn't get a chance to track down that journalist and they might not, we haven't had good 
turnout of we haven't had good results of contacting journalists to ask questions about articles we just haven't um but we can try again but yeah you're right she was saying now in the hln now we had posted a video it's um i believe it's on our true crime broads facebook page right isn't it yes yes and we posted it because we had said on the podcast it really sounds like you can hear the perpetrator walking in the church this is the church video and it was only on one broadcast that they had the 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 volume, and um, it was one with Gail King on it. You know, Oprah's best friend. Uh huh. She was the one doing the narrating. I forget what the show was called, but they showed the clip, and you could hear the perpetrator's feet walking, and then you could hear the perpetrator opening that Dutch door. You know, the split door where yes. he puts his head back. And yes. you, you hear a click, and it was like, whoa! I mean, you and I remember we were just like. Right. They have audio. That's amazing. Um, Because we didn't know that before. And then um, there was some debate in in the groups. And remember, Tim was like, no, 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 that's, you're hearing something else. And then someone else said, I think that they probably added the sound effects for that show, which I don't know about that. And then um, this lady that contacted us was reacting to that, but she also showed a clip to us of the HLN show that we've discussed on the podcast a few times. It is uh-huh. Missy Beaver's episode. It's a series that HLN headline news has, and it's on HLN on demand. I highly recommend it. It's called crime lives and video. It's a series uh-huh. and Missy's episode is number four and it's called murder in the church. And she showed us a clip of that and said, I hear it here too. And you can even hear glass breaking. So yes. what do you think? Do you think that HLN might've added that sound effect? That's the first time I actually thought that there are sound effects added because that one, because the perpetrator isn't even hitting it that hard, but it sounded like it was like in a movie. It was like loud glass breaking. Yeah. What, do you, what do you think, Renee? Well, you know, um, as far as the first one that we uh, heard uh, that you said, um, What's her name? Yo King. Um, that one, I, you know, I just don't see them adding the shoe squeaking on the floor. I thought that was kind of, I mean, maybe if they're trying to emphasize that, but they didn't really mention it. So I thought that was kind of weird. I just don't see them doing, let's make a squeaky noise for when the person kind of, cause you know, they kind of do um, yeah. double step or something. So I, I don't know about that. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. I'm not in, well, in show business, I so I don't really know. But um, but I definitely heard it. And then on the HLN one, the glass is breaking. I mean, I don't know. Like, I mean, I guess I could see them doing that. But it wasn't like, it was, was we seeing him or her actually breaking that uh, glass at that very end when that sound was happening. Yeah, that's a good point. I don't know, but that really was pretty mind blowing too. Her clip. I know because I provided. I didn't it. catch that either. Her name is Holly, and she sent us that message, and we were both like, "Oh, the good that observation." Was, yeah, and if Holly, if you're listening, thank you so much for sending that. That was fascinating, and we do. We still are going to follow up, and we'll mention it on the next podcast or the one after that, whenever it is, we finally track someone down. We'll go, I'll go ahead and make a point. I'll make a note to contact them tomorrow or you can. And then, um, whenever we hear back, well, it'll be on the next podcast. Um, right. Yeah. That's fascinating. 
and I hope that they'll get back to us. Right. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, that was very interesting. And I, I, um, I definitely hear it. It's funny how some people don't hear it and some people do. Well, um, you remember, you remember at the time, the original one that you and I put on there with Gail King. Um, then you and I, I went, I remember we were talking on the phone and I was just frantically Googling and I was looking at Amazon and most of those low end security surveillance cameras do have sound. Yeah. So it wouldn't be totally weird, but you know, that opened up a whole different thing, you know, just thinking that, you know, they're being sound. That's just mind boggling to think that we might hear the confrontation and some of the conversation. I know, the, like know. that's so, oh my gosh. But you would think it would be yeah, almost easier to solve. I don't know. I mean, I say easier. I mean, this is nothing easy about this, but you know what I'm saying. Right, if they had, Possibility if, if they had some little snippet of the perpetrator's voice. I right. would, I mean, I wish that we had some kind of journalist that could contact NPD and ask them that. I'm sure they would hang up on us if we call. But I'm just thinking if somebody could contact NPD and ask if they have voice, it, it seems like wouldn't they, you know, like in the Delphi murder case, they um, they released that to the public. And just in case someone recognized the voice, I would hope that they, if they did have the perpetrator's voice, you know, calling out to Missy or confronting her in some way, I would hope that they would release that to the public. But maybe, maybe not. I mean, NPD has kept things really, really close that I don't understand why they have. So. That could, right. be, that could just be one more thing that they're not telling us about. Yeah, exactly. There's a lady, um, I noticed an article, um, well, some posts, actually she did some posts on um, Facebook and some tweets on Twitter. And uh, her name is Shannon Murray and she works for Fox 4. Yeah. And um, she um, posted a picture that I've never seen before, which I don't, I'm not real fond of uh, people taking pictures of people that are mourning and upset. I really hate that. Um, it takes a special person to do that kind of reporting, you know, yes, yes. because I, I could never in, infringe on someone's privacy like that. Or, you know, I mean, I know that they're in public, but you know what I'm saying? That, yeah. that horrible moment. But in, anyway, I hope I was making sense with all that. But anyway, were, she did a couple of uh, posts and tweets, whatever. And um, she referred to the person uh, seen in the in the SWAT gear, fake whatever, um, as a waddle. Um, and I had never seen this person before. And like I said, I'd never seen this picture either. But um, but I, I don't. I'm not going to share it because I don't like, like I said, sharing that kind of stuff. But I've never seen her before. She doesn't have a lot of uh, comments and stuff on her posts. But anyway, her name is Shannon Murray. She works for Fox 4. Yeah, the name and, sounds familiar. Yeah. So you can, you know, anybody can look at it. It's like, it's nothing like super exciting. It's just weird that I've never seen her mentioned in anything before. But she does have an article about it and some different pictures. I guess she was actually at the funeral. So. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Well, you know, earlier... I was like, oh, I, I didn't want to interrupt you, but I wanted to remember to say it. And then, of course, I forgot because by the time you oh. put, we put oh, yeah, it, yeah. something else. But earlier when you were saying that people have come up with some really crazy, um, some really crazy ideas as to how Missy, who Missy's perpetrator was. And I think that one of my all-time favorites, I think you'll probably agree, is when people say, what if the perpetrator was mimicking the father-in-law's walk? Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, kill me now right I mean that doesn't even make any sense I don't yeah. even know what to do with that or the killer was 
mimicking Bobby Wayne Henry's walk to try to to try to get him, you know, arrested. Right. I just think the likelihood that this perpetrator was mimicking anyone is pretty much zero. I mean, how would you even know how to mimic it? Like, I would have to, like, I would do it and, like, mess up. Like, you would have to be trying to do that kind of yeah. thing for, like, a really long time to even get it right, you know? And, that, and I don't I don't know how that's easy. Like, that's, like, a bad TV show. That's where that yeah, would be. It's, yeah, it really is. Hey, and you just reminded me of something. So I told my daughter, I mentioned to my daughter about um, our um, episode that we did about the uh, foot fetish and the uh, cosplay. Yeah. About cosplay and, and, and our different theories and stuff. And this is what she said. She, well, first of all, cosplay is not something you do alone. It's something you do. It's a social event that people do together. Right. And I thought that was interesting. So I said, I'm going to, I'm going to share that because oh. that's exactly what Russell said. You know what? You and I had a huge conversation about that. And I forgot that wasn't a podcast. Was it that we said that? Or was it? We talk so much that I don't I know. I don't know. We get them confused. Yeah. But we did. Um, we were talking that night. We have a, a little buddy in the groups that insists that this is a cosplay murder. And he, bless his heart. He just won't let go of it. And, um, I think we did talk about it on the last podcast, but yeah, the idea of cosplay, I totally agree. I even knew some people that did cosplay. It was one of um, Rhett, my youngest, it was one of his preschool buddies' parents were really into it. And I saw their pictures on Facebook and it is an event. They go to conventions, they get yep. together. You don't, I mean, I've never heard of anyone doing cosplay alone in a dark church in the middle of the night. And why on earth would you drive half an hour you know what i'm talking about why right. would you drive half an hour to go do cosplay alone in a church and then this we're talking about a friend of ours from the groups and his theory is that missy came in and surprised him he was not there to kill missy and when she walked in he panicked and brutally murdered her and left and I mean, you and I have gone over this so much. I feel like we did on the podcast, but we might not have, but you and I agree. There is no way. If, if someone surprised you while you were dancing around in a costume in a church, you would just slip out the back door. Yeah. And there's so many exits. I mean, like we talked about, there's one, two, three, four, five, maybe six. So, I mean, I mean, if you're just there to cosplay, which is, strange that you want to go do that by yourself in the middle of the night or whatever right so you go do that and then somebody surprises you I mean unless you're just a full-fledged murderer already you're probably just gonna go oh crap and take off running because you're already covered from head to toe anyway but um yeah I told her I well she listened to uh that podcast part of it anyway not the whole thing and um and she she laughed at me because I said cosplay and you know she thought that was funny (laughs) I was like, well, you know, I don't do that. So I've only heard it by somebody and I guess they, they uh, pronounced it wrong. And so, but I corrected myself, you know, figured it out. And uh, so she thought it was funny. And then she said, wait a minute, you don't do cosplay by yourself. That's social. That's something you do with other people. So. Right. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. You and I were discussing that about how we couldn't even wrap our heads around that. And I'm glad that she said the same thing because I don't know. I don't think we got into that on the podcast, though. I'm glad you brought it up on this one. I think that was a private conversation we had where we were saying there's no way people do that alone. Um, it might have been. It might have been a yeah, private I'm conversation. Glad, I just 
I'm glad that you brought it up though, because we did talk about that quite a bit, but I really don't think it was on a recording. So good deal. I'm glad yeah. you brought that. And, and I agree with you. And Brittany. we don't yeah, we don't, um, you know, like I said, I don't, I don't, I mean, we have to have our own opinions, you know, um, but just because we don't agree with somebody doesn't mean that, you know, because I mean, I have plenty of friends and family that doesn't agree with, you know, my, uh, everything I think of, or my uh, political ideas or whatever, but I still love them, and I still talk to them, so, <laughs> you know. Yeah, so yeah. That, it's okay that we don't agree, and it's, it's okay, because we, we, you know, we want to, you know, entertain other ideas and thoughts because that's how things are solved and, and um, created and you know, whatever by people discussing and talking. So uh, we don't want to discredit you. We just want to talk it through. And, and if we don't believe the way you do, don't be offended. Yeah. And it doesn't mean, it certainly doesn't mean we're right. We could be dead wrong. You know, if, if somebody playing, if somebody gets arrested for this and they're like, yeah, I was doing cosplay and she freaked me out. I'll be the first to admit I was wrong. You know, it's just, we don't, oh, know, we don't know what happened to Missy Beavers. And I think that's what keeps driving us to move forward with the research, the talking to people, the podcast. I mean, that's, what's driving all of this is we don't know. Um, we, yeah. really, we want to know though. You know, and you see all these stories about um, cases where the police, um, they go and they, you know, after so much time passes and they, either release more information or they um, they do a plea to the public or something like that. And I wish that MPD would do something like that. I wish they would be like, okay, so, you know, this is what's going on. We don't know who did this. We really need your help because it helps whenever they, just because they've said it, you know, a year ago or two years ago, doesn't mean that, you know, people at this point think it's a cold case and then they forget about it. They literally forget about it and they think, oh, well, you know, that's another case and that's, it's over, you know, it's done with because nobody's going to solve it. But I think they need to continue that uh, plea for public help. I mean, they need to continue that. I mean, if, if it's once a year, it's once a year, whatever. Okay. Yeah. I you know, agree. so I guess, I guess that'll be our job from now on. <laughs> I don't you know? know. Yeah. I mean, I'm willing to do what it takes. I just don't know, um, you know, just that one piece of evidence tying back to how we started the podcast. If it's really and truly that one piece that they need, I just hope and pray they get it. And, and that someone who knows something will come forward. I just really fear that this person that did it, did it alone, didn't involve anyone else and will never tell a soul. And I think that that's possibly why we don't know anything after four years. I don't know. I just, that's my ill feeling about it. Well, maybe they think that somebody will notice something because, you know, they doubt they, they were this mad at her and they didn't have other family and friends or whatever. So they probably are thinking that someone's going to notice something because you notice things, you know, I notice whenever my family members are just upset or frustrated or mad or whatever, because they act different. They, they, you know, maybe snap at me or whatever, you can tell. And then you're like, well, what's going on? And they're like, well, I'm upset about this or, well, this happened. So there's always a reason. And so people act different. They, it's human nature. You can't just, I mean, you could not care that you killed the person, but the thought of you doing it is going to um, change your behavior without you knowing, you know? Mm -hmm. So maybe that's what they're going on. I don't know, but yeah, I uh, know it's so weird. I don't even know what they think people are going to come forward with. Cause what scares me is the person's demeanor looked so casual when they were walking around before the murder. And right. I mean, you talk about a poker face. You would never, if you were just watching that video, 
and nobody had told us that there was a murder in that church a few minutes later, I would have never believed that that person was waiting to kill someone if we just saw right. that part and they didn't tell us why that person was there. I'd be like, oh, that looks like someone who's you know, up to some mischief or maybe someone who is a board security guard. Why does it say police? I don't know. Maybe a, maybe a SWAT person just um, was on break, you know, and they had already done their SWAT thing and he hung around. I don't know. It, it just does not look like someone who is about to brutally kill someone. And what worries me is that if they can have such a poker face right before it's showtime, you know, for them to kill somebody, I imagine they probably slipped back into their lives with that same poker face. That's what worries me is that no one's noticed anything on this person, you know, I just, well, you know, and they could just be afraid, but I will say this, there are plenty and I, and I'm not an expert on this either, but this is just my thinking that um, I know a lot of people that have anxiety uh -huh. and they will take, um, I'm not familiar with all the different things, but I know of course Xanax is the most popular that you would know of. And you know, if given a low enough dosage, it would keep someone from being like overly anxious, but they could be pretty calm. Yeah. Of course, other things that could also calm them. You know, I'm, I don't know. I'm sure everybody out there can think of something that would calm someone to be, you know, kind of even kill in a situation. Um, but, you know, they say that when people are enraged about stuff, um, that if, if it's something that upset them, that's not something, you know what I'm saying? Like, okay, so something makes somebody mad and they're like, okay, that's it. I'm going to kill this person because they've upset me and I'm, I'm, I'm done with them. I don't want them to be alive anymore. I'm going to kill them. They can do that and once they feel like this person is no longer a threat they can slip back into society like normal because their threat for whatever reason is gone yeah you know what I'm i've read a lot of stories about that and of course i don't understand it I mean you don't understand it because and it makes sense that we don't understand it because we don't do those things so you know yeah. but i've read about it and it's it is very fascinating that somebody could do that but i mean there was a woman that um and, and there's a gazillion stories, but there was this woman that um, was married and she, and I, I literally don't understand why she did this, but anyway, long story short, she was married and was separated from her husband, but they remained friends and they were going to divorce. Well, she was dating this other man, but she um, kept in touch with her husband. You know, they were, I guess they were just friends for some strange reason she um killed him went over to the house and he's laying on the couch and she killed him then she left and she went to hang out with her boyfriend they got on, on a motorcycle and went to this other town and i guess they were going to get a hotel room and she ended up killing him too and she literally went back to her house and just chit-chatted with her daughter like nothing had happened like everything like you know like hey and, did you go and, to her, oh, and her, her daughter didn't detect anything well, she didn't act weird. She just went back and she just was like, yeah, she was just like, did you get milk and butter? And, you know, whatever. And then um, the police, you know, started investigating. And, and of course, they go to the first person. This person was around and she had left some dinner or something for, for her husband. The one she was still married to, but separated from. Anyway, long story short, she uh, she got caught. And she was just sitting in the, uh, in the uh, room where they talked to you and everything. 
And uh, of course, I can't think of that word because of whatever's wrong with the planets right now. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> interrogation? Right. Yeah. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. So she's sitting in the interrog interrogation room and she's talking and, and uh, they're asking her questions. And she's just like really irritated. Like, um, I have to be somewhere. Can we get this over with? Anyway, long story short, she killed them. She called them both. Wow. It was just, it's just bizarre how people can go into like a, almost a psychosis. You know, they're like, oh my gosh, I have to get rid of this. Whatever the reason, I don't, I really don't understand it because you would think she was going to kill one of them because she wanted to be with the other one, but she killed them both. I don't know. I didn't get it. That it was so weird. crazy. And she has a Facebook page and you can go on her Facebook page and you can read her post. And it was just things like, I'm so excited to cook dinner for me and my hubby or me and my man or whatever. And we're going to hang out and, you know, watch TV. And then she posts pictures of her cat. And, you know, she is just she seems... She's in prison now, right? Yeah. Yeah, she what's, is. What's her name? I can't remember her name, but it's a very... Po it's one of the... Oh, don't worry. We'll look it up. We may I'll let you know, yeah. but it's on the ID That's channel. Cool. Okay. Yeah. So That's it's just interesting how she just kind of just... acted That's chill. so freaky. It was just like she was upset about whatever she was upset about. Maybe she killed the first one and then the second one found out and said, I'm going to tell on you. And then she killed him too. I don't know. <laughs> so crazy. Well, you know, there was a forensic files that I watched a while back and I think I told you about this, but you know, we were, we were saying and this could pertain to the Missy Beavers case and that it could just be something this weird. I doubt it because it was a little bit different, but anyway. Okay. So these, this poor, these poor two girls got brutally murdered. And it was, they were all roommates and the one roommate lived and, uh, she didn't get attacked, but she like ran outside, you know, when she heard something and long story short, they investigated and you know how it's, it's kind of like the Missy Beavers case. There are so many people that it looked like it was them like, Oh, oh wow. it's gotta be this person. And, and then they were like, it's gotta be this person. And then it ended up being somebody somebody at the very end it ended up being somebody nobody suspected at all it was the boyfriend of the girl that lived and he was just so jealous and upset one of the, the roommates who was that girl's best friend had said something to her like I don't know if you should be dating him like she had given her opinion and a negative opinion on their relationship because they were fighting or whatever oh wow and it got back to him. I don't know if maybe his girlfriend told him that she said that or what. And then he was so insecure and jealous and worried that she would leave him. And he was enraged at her. And he was like a very meek individual. Um, that's why no one even suspected him. And it ended up being him. And uh, he killed the other girl just, I think, because she was awake and running around and saw him and could identify him. Wow. But the other girl, I, it's been a long time since I've seen it. So I can't remember why his girlfriend didn't get killed. She either ran outside or he, he probably wouldn't have killed her, but, or was she not home? I don't remember which it was. I got to refresh myself. But anyway, the cool part of it was how they caught him was he had, I guess, to kind of get in the zone before he went into the window. He broke into one of their bedroom windows mm -hmm. and found his cigarette butt outside that window and it matched his DNA. Oh, wow. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, so, you know, they say everybody leaves, uh, every um, every uh, perpetrator, you know, whatever, they leave something and they take something with them. So they just got to find it. Right. I hope it's the case in this case. And, you know, of course, we've talked a lot about 
the DNA in this case and how there was just a small, small amount and how it, we've, we kind of, we kind of went to town on that on a couple of podcasts, but it wasn't usable for whatever reason. It was a mixed and partial and um, couldn't use it. Not enough mixed, whatever. And we don't really know the, the real reason, but that's what, that's what they told us in that article. It was mixed and partial. And right. you would think that touch DNA would work, but apparently it didn't. So yeah, so I guess the perp did leave something behind. At least MPD thought they did, or and sent it to a lab, and the lab just couldn't use it. But obviously, they're keeping that stuff, and we can just hope that DNA technology will change. We've seen that happen so many times over the years, where it changes, and now suddenly you've got a conviction or an exoneration, depending on the case. So, right, exactly. Hopefully, that'll happen. I hope so. I really do. I mean, you know, it changes so much that, I mean, you kind of don't even have an idea of how it can change, but then whenever they tell you, you're like, wow, you know, that's pretty remarkable. Right. Hopefully. Do we have anything else? I just literally yawned. Sorry about that. Um, I'm so tired. Um, I hope that this was a halfway decent podcast. I apologize for being a little off my game. Um, is Just there anything else? The plants. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Tell me. <laughs> is right on. Um, but is there anything else that you wanted to cover? I think that's it. Um, I, I I looked at the questions and I think that's the only one I've seen. There might be another one, but we can do that one next time because I think there was somebody who had like a list. So we may have to do that one next time so we can be prepared. I knew that one that the, the that Holly sent in wasn't something we could discuss because we discussed it before, but it was a really good find. What was it? The one that we just discussed that Holly sent in about the sound. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We didn't discuss the other one because we did before. Yeah. Yeah, I knew, I knew we didn't have to do really any preparing for it because we already knew, but it was right. a good find though for sure. Yeah, I'm so glad that she um, isolated that part of the HLN show and sent it to us. That was really cool. Yeah, it really is. We can yeah, we can <laughs> Oh, and yeah. also I wanted to give a shout out. You know, the lady, the really nice lady that left us the voicemail that we put at the top of our last episode. I hope she didn't mind that we did that. If you, if you want us to remove it, um, Ursula, just send us a message and we will, we'll be glad to take that off. I just realized we didn't ask her permission to do that. We just did it. So. Yeah. Yeah. Just let us know and and keep sending in your, um, your, uh, questions and things to discuss because everybody sees everything differently. And we enjoyed that because it gives us something new to talk about and so forth. Um, and also Holly mentioned, or I'm sorry, not Holly. Let me scratch that. Um, a lady by the name of Sheila sent us in some questions and, and we'll, we can go over those another time, but she mentioned that Hunt County has, um, five, uh, unsolved cases, murder cases. So maybe at some oh, point yeah. we do our other, cause that's the same, the same area where, um, Michael Chambers was from. Right. In the Quinlan area, I guess it's Hunt County. So that might be something that we can talk about in the future. So if, if, uh, anybody has any thoughts on that, one of those cases, cause we do do, um, another case, um, once a month. And so it's now May, so we'll be doing another one. And of course, we'll still talk about Missy Beavers. So just send in your questions, your thoughts, your ideas, you know, anything like that. We enjoy it because it gives us something to talk about. And then we can also, you know, kind of uh, communicate with y'all as well. Okay, that sounds really, really good. Thank you, Renee. And um, right. I, um, 
I was tired tonight. I think maybe if I'm this tired again, we just haven't recorded in so long. We didn't want to postpone it again. Right. So I think if I'm ever this out of it, we probably won't do the show. We'll just put it off. It's not, it's not <laughs> normal for me to be this tired. So I'm sorry if I sounded, right? sounded really off. So thanks everybody for sticking with us. We really appreciate your listenership and we will look forward to talking to you again soon. Absolutely. Have a good night. Now on Netflix, inspired by the unbelievable true story of a fake hitman, comes the new movie, Hitman, from Academy Award nominee Richard Linklater. At 96% certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, critics are calling Hitman a smart, sexy crime thriller with surprises at every turn. Starring Glenn Powell and Adria Arjona, Hitman. Now playing on Netflix and in select theaters. Rated R. 